Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages, you're now tuned in to a live, late edition of the Investor Show with your gracious host, the Prince of Investing, coming to you guys and girls live all the way from the beautiful city and state of Denver, Colorado. Y'all hit that like button. Hit that share button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the comment button. All the other good stuff. And for the people that's catching the playback and the premiere on YouTube, thank you guys. Thank you all for tuning in on YouTube. And for the people that's hearing this over the airwaves of our podcast, the Investor Show that's streamed everywhere, Thank you, guys and girls, for tuning in. Guys and girls are going to be very candid in this episode. This episode here, don't give, but empower people. You guys and girls should know where I'm going with this. If y'all coming in live and you want to say where you're from, tell me where you're from. But I made this episode, you know, during the climate that we got going on around the world, everybody is on the kumbaya. Everybody's on kumbaya. Y'all know here on the Investor Show, I keep it strictly dickly on the finances, and I always tell people, focus on what you can control. If I can't control it, I don't focus on it because all it does is add stress to my life. So what we're going to talk about today, I'm going to be very candidate. We're going to talk about don't give, but empower people. We're going to talk about monetary policies, how monetary policies can empower people for generations. We're going to talk about handouts. We're going to talk about a sense of responsibility and generational wealth tied to empowering people through monetary policies. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad y'all are tuning in. My name is Prince Dykes. This is the Investor Show. There we go. We got Brandon. Brandon, he's coming in from Baltimore. Thank you for checking in, Brandon, live on the Facebook. I'll be back to YouTube next month. I'll be back to YouTube live next month as well. But for the time being, I'm on Facebook. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get into it. Around the world. Before we get into it, let's talk about the climate a little bit. Around the world, we know we got cities on fire. We have a pandemic going on, slash riots going on. And in the meantime, the stock market is reaching all-time highs. Not really all-time highs, but going back up to all-time highs. We send the market run. That's what I care about the most, right? Uh, just in general finances. Now, that's a great thing. But also in the climate of news of what's going on, we see a lot of kumbaya talk. And what I mean by kumbaya, you know, the NFL has come out and said, we 
have done wrong with the protests of kneeling. We've had corporations come out. I see all my buddies and my friends. They're putting out the blackout streams and all the other good stuff. I'm seeing all these corporations. Bank of America donates a billion dollars for racial inequality. Twitter donates $3 billion for racial inequality. This celebrity does this for a billion dollars or a million dollars. Stop it. Don't give people anything. Empower people to do more. Don't give me nothing. Give me the opportunity to do more. We're going to talk about that, ladies and gentlemen. First, we got to start off. What is a monetary policy? What is a monetary policy, ladies and gentlemen? We got to go further. We got to go deeper. What is a monetary policy? Monetary money, a policy, a policy about money. Prince, what does that have to do with anything? You really want to create change. And you really want to give people a sense of pride and a sense of responsibility, and you want to change everything, create monetary policies to benefit the people you feel are disenfranchised. For prime example, I'll go home, I'll see my niece, I'll give her $20. i give her $10 when she was a little girl, and she got older, i give her $20. Sometimes i give her $30. Sometimes whatever cash I have in my pocket, it might be $35, it might be $40. Do it to my nephew too, I might give him $60. Every time I saw him, I had to give him some money, right? And by the time I give them that money, by the next week, the money's gone, right? So I got older, and I wise enough, and I said, hmm, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. Instead of giving y'all money every time I see you, I'm going to create you a brokerage account. And you tell your uncle whatever's your favorite stock, I'm going to buy it for you. Right? Because when I was handing out money, they would take it and do what any kid would do. My uncle used to give me $10 every birthday. And Christmas, he would give me $20, and he would give me $10. And what I would do, I don't even know what I spent it on. Candy, I don't know, toys, whatever. Do what a natural kid, a teenager does. But if you empower them, like I decided to do with my niece, I said, you know what? If you want, I told my nephew, my nephew who serves in the United States military, I said, hey, you know what? When you get to your first duty station, if you see a piece of land that you want to buy and you want to go half on it, I'll go half with it on you. That's empowering people versus giving people. So everybody wants to give to a racial inequality. I don't know what that means. Most of the time that's going to go to some foundation and some foundation is going to take the money and I don't know, create some type of social program that usually goes nowhere. And ladies and gentlemen, we're at this pace. We're going to be at another national ride in two, three years. It happens. You know, it, it, this is not the first time. It's not the second time. It's not the third time. I mean, people have been marching. People have been marching and protesting and riding for decades. I should tell you something. If you're doing the same thing and not getting results, what does that mean? That means that it doesn't work. That's almost insanity, right? So when we look at this, when I look at the world of finance and everybody asks me, Prince, so what does that have to do with finance? What that has to do with finance is that create monetary policies to affect people financially. Create monetary policies to affect people financially. When we had the uh, pandemic breakout, and a lot of companies, airlines, travel industry all got put on pause. Restaurants got put on pause. Guess what the government did? The government created a monetary policy, a stimulus package to stimulate the people that had had a hard time. Right. They stimulated them. They gave them PayPal protect, not PayPal, but PPP loans, the payroll protection plan. They gave them PPP loans and other loans, low interest rate loans, a bunch of grants. 
They gave him a grant right up front. Then they gave him a loan, 3% interest rate loan. The average business loan is about 15%. They gave him a 3% loan. They gave that money to him and said, hey, here, this is the way to empower yourself to get through the hard times. That's what they said, right? You know? Yes, I am on live. What's going on, B? He said that I'm live on Facebook, not on YouTube. This is meant. I don't know what this is meant. But, yes, I am live on Facebook, and I premiere on YouTube. I'm still in YouTube jail for streaming. <laughs> but, ladies and gentlemen, we talked about how the federal government stimulated these disenfranchised companies who hit a hard time. Now, I ask people, okay, they just didn't give them the money. They kind of empowered them to get through these hard times because they knew if I empowered them, they'll have chances to be successful in the future. Now, ask yourself, is there a way that you can empower people with monetary policies? Yes, there are. Well, Prince, what do you mean? Ladies and gentlemen, number two, we don't need any corporate handouts. Corporations love to write a check and say, oh, yes, I'm sorry about this happening. Celebrities write a check. I'm sorry about this happening. But nobody's looking to empower the people they think of being done wrong. How do you do that, right? How do you do that, right? And the answer is through monetary policies. Let's take it right here for veterans. Let's talk about one of the benefits from veterans. One of the big benefits for veterans is we can purchase houses with no down payment. That's the monetary policy that allows us to purchase, uh, what you call it, that allows us to purchase houses with no down payment. Veterans can go to school for free. As long as they pass school, they can go to school for free. Sometimes if you're a veteran or you had an honorable discharge, you can get lower rates on insurance. Now, nobody's giving a veteran anything. The veterans serve, and part of the benefits of serving is, hey, I can get a loan. I still got to have the credit. I still got to be able to pay the closing fees, all other stuff like that. But I don't have to put the conventional 20% down if I use a veteran's loan. Also, if I use a conventional loan, not a conventional loan, but also if I wanted to go to school, I can go to school using the GI Bill, right? So this is what helps out veterans. Those are monetary policies. You don't join a military and somebody gives you $100,000 or $200,000. No, they give you benefits that says, hey, you can go to school, and if it's an accredited school, and if you pass, we'll pay for it. Hey, if you got the credit score and you have the money to pay the closing fees, we'll waive the down payment for your house. Hey, if your spouse wants to go to school, you see these? These are monetary policies that have affected military members to create wealth. Monetary policies, not a handout. Because usually when you hand somebody something, they don't respect it, and it'll be gone fast. Think about it. They didn't say we can go to school for free. If You, you can go to school for free if you pass the course. If you go to school just to hang out and make friends and party or whatever and fail out of the course, they don't pay for it. It's not a handout. You got to do something for it. So I'm speaking to you guys and girls how these policies, how these monetary policies help you go to school. Right. So if you are so so we're speaking about that because I've seen it happen with veterans. I've seen people uh, 
minorities in the military able to purchase houses that they traditionally wouldn't probably be able to qualify for, but using a VA loan, they are able to create wealth. They don't have to put a down payment down. They can go get a house and then they can go get another house if they wanted to after that. I mean, after they use as a primary resident, right? Now, the other side is also think about if you didn't have student loans. I was able to get my associate's degree, my bachelor's degree, and my MBA. And they also paid for my wife's associate's degree and bachelor's degree. That alone would have probably cost me $150,000 to $200,000 alone. But due to the government's monetary policy, it put me in a position to earn a master's degree debt-free. Now, when my wife went along and earned her master's degree, it didn't pay for her master's degree. It paid, she had to pay for that herself. But look, it put me in a position to have to do that, right? Now, let's talk about it, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see what y'all got to say. B says you're live on Facebook. Now. Okay. Brandon said from the Berkshire. Yes, Brandon, from the Berkshire stream that I did last month or whatnot. Verizon is owned by Yahoo Finance. It came after me for that. So, I mean, YouTube, I'm on probation on YouTube. That's why I'm not live streaming in there right now. No, I'm not in Facebook jail. No, I'm not in Facebook jail. Uh, somebody said it helped my Kiween, Kiween, and I. We're both vets and retired. Yes, thank you. Congratulations on being a vet. I salute you, being retired Marines and being a vet. And he's talking about how they use the VA loan and how they helped them out by being a veteran. That's a monetary policy to empower you. It didn't give you nothing. You had to do something. You had to go to boot camp. You had to serve the country. And they had a monetary policy to benefit you. B said, does your kids go to uh, free too? Your kids can only go, I think, if you got to be 100% dis uh, disabled for your kids to go to uh, school for free. But you can pass down your benefits to your kids. Let's take me for example. Instead of when I went to school, I could have gave the benefits to my wife or to my son. Right? So you can pass the benefits down to your kids. You can use some and you can pass them down to your kids. So your kids can, but they're not guaranteed to go free. Or you can pass it all to your children. How you want to do it? John Adams said, Washington, D.C. here, man. Keep moving forward. Always. Even when you fall, go forward. Right? So now, the second part is, what can the government do to not to hand out handouts? The government can create, instead of these corporations, donating millions and millions and billions of dollars to racial inequality right i mean what is that how you can you put money on racial inequality what is what you know what, what does that mean you're going to what put money on training running advertisements for your company uh giving it to a bunch of non-profits what does that mean the way it should go hey bank of america mcdonald's coca-cola this is what you should do mcdonald's here you go it costs about a million dollars to five million dollars to own a franchise, a McDonald's franchise. How about you weigh the franchise fee for the people that are affected of the calls you're talking about? If you're saying, hey, blacks are being mistreated in America, how about you waive or reduce the franchise fee for somebody to own a McDonald's? Because no matter where you're at, every neighborhood in the world or in America has a McDonald's. Find out a way to say, hey, you know what? Starbucks. Let me show you. Let me weigh the finance free fee. You still got to meet all the requirements, not a handout. You still got to meet the education requirements. You still got to have everything else. But hey, look, 
I'm going to waive my franchise fee because I'm going to show you how to, if you meet the qualifications, how to own a Starbucks, how to own a McDonald's. Those are the things that are going to create change. Also, hey, look, I know you was mistreated, but guess what we're going to do? We're going to pay for your school. If you graduate, nothing is free. If you graduate with a BR better, the government will pay for your school. Also, if you go to get a small business loans, most small business loans want you to put up 10 to 20%, right? Depending on it. The government wants you to put up 10 to 20% on your, not the government, but the bank or the small business loan. Let's say if you need a loan for $300,000 to go buy, uh, I don't know, I don't. You want to buy a uh, Starbucks for $300,000. I know it costs more than that, but let's hypothetically say, I want to buy a Starbucks. It costs $300,000. You can't go to the bank and say, let me get $300,000 and walk off and just buy the Starbucks. They're going to say, hold up. Well, $300,000, 10% there is 30 times two. We want you to have $60,000. For us to give you $300,000, we want you to put up $60,000. And most, most minorities, most blacks don't have a $60,000, so guess what? They don't get the Starbucks. Or they don't have $100,000 cash or $200,000 cash, so you don't even qualify financially. So what you do, if you want to start a business, if you want to create a monetary policy, if you want to start a business, you submit a business plan, a well-thought-out business plan. If your business plan wins and meets the requirements, we will fund the business plan, and we will waive your fee or your, uh, what's, what's the word called? Your upfront costs or whatever. We'll waive your costs and we'll fund your whole project. Those are monetary policies. That's what you should be doing. My opinion. Why do it that way, Prince? Because you're creating ownership. You're creating pride. And when people own something, it goes into my third topic, a sense of responsibility. If you taught me how to own a Taco Bell in my own neighborhood, I have a sense of responsibility to my neighborhood because I own something. I have a sense of pride. I have a sense of I belong. A lot of people in these poor neighborhoods, they don't own anything in the neighborhood. They don't even own the house they're living in. They live in an apartment. They go, they go to the grocery store. They go to fast food restaurants. They go to the gym. They don't own anything. So when they're pissed off and they burn everything down, you're saying, why did you burn down your own neighborhood? They don't really own anything anyway. They don't have a sense of responsibility or sense of, of pride. So what you do, you create a monetary policy to say, hey, if you meet X, Y, Z, we're going to show you how to own the laundromat. We're going to show you how to own a dry cleaner. We will weigh the franchising fee or a fee for you to get in, right? So before I go deeper into sense of responsibility, let's look at some of what you guys are saying. <laughs> John Adams said, watch out. It sounds like common sense. <laughs> oh, this is my guy, Randy. Okay, Randy said, what if the government waived taxes for the first few years of your new business like they do with people who just moved into America, a.k.a. foreigners? Very good. This is another monetary policy that Randy is talking about. He's saying, hey, what if the government, you know, don't give me nothing. Don't hand out a $1,200 paycheck. All that $1,200 is gone. Don't hand out a, a check and say, hey, you know, we want to we're going to we're going to have a million dollars to a hundred million dollars to stop racial inequality. Forget that. If you know Randy Johnson is being disenfranchised, like he's saying, you can pass a monetary policy of, hey, we're going to give you tax advantages. 
That's that's what that monetary policy is called that he's referring to. Those are tax credits. That's what he's talking about. A tax credit. We're giving you a credit on your future taxes. We're going to waive your taxes for the next 10 years of your small business. We're going to waive the interest on your small business for the first five or 10 years, right? Those are tax advantages that Randy is speaking about. Those are monetary policies where you're giving people, um, we are giving, we're, you're giving people the opportunity to own and to be something. Because when you do this, ladies and gentlemen, you're giving out the sense of responsibility. Now, if I live in a neighborhood, now I was able to purchase a house. I'm able to afford a house because a house may cost me $80,000 up front. I don't have the 80000 so I don't own a house. But now, if you create a monetary policy for the disenfranchised to say, hey, look, we're going to waive the ability, like they do for the veterans, you can buy a house with little to nothing down. The person like, oh, wow, I can actually buy a home. Now that they have a home, their home is building equity. Now you show them, hey, look, we're going to make it obtainable for you to be able to purchase a Taco Bell. Because not the average person is walking around with $5 million or a million dollars. So guess what? They don't feel like they qualify. Now you show them. They still got to qualify. They still got to have the restaurant experience. They still got to get the training. They still got to meet all the franchise requirements. But you show them how to own a franchise, the Taco Bell. Now if they own the Taco Bell, they have a sense of responsibility, a sense of a long belonging to. They don't feel like they're just trying to survive. They feel like they're trying to thrive. Right. And when you do all this, ladies and gentlemen. I forgot. Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry about that. Bet children can use the FA. Oh, OK. The FA FSI. I can't say F F A S F A for the people that are listening to this over the airways of the podcast. That's true. So now when you do this, when you give people homes and you show people how to use businesses, this is when you start to get into level four, generational wealth. My dad was a veteran. By my dad being a veteran, he had the ability to purchase a home. When he purchased a home, by him owning his own home, it builds equity. As his home continues to build equity, let's say if he passed away before I did, and he passed it down to me and said, son, you know, here's a home. My dad come from deep south Georgia. I mean, you know, it's hot down there, real hot, right? And he came out in the 40s and the 50s. When you think things are bad now, it was really bad then. But because he was a veteran, he had the ability to purchase, use, utilize the VA loan to get a home. He was able to use the GI Bill to earn a bachelor's degree. When he earned his bachelor's degree, he became a school teacher. So when he had me and my brothers, guess what? That was able to raise him. What helped raise him? Monetary policies. We do this all the time. Tax credits are monetary policies. Scholarships are monetary policies. Stimulus plans, those are monetary policies, right? Monetary policies that help out people going through a hard time or people that are disenfranchised. So I see all these companies and stuff like that. Bank of America, instead of saying we're going to donate a billion dollars, how about you wipe away those overdraft fees that so many, I forgot how much, I mean, what, it's, it's a billions of dollars they collect every year in overdraft fees that are usually coming from minorities. So how about you wipe, the way, wipe that away, right? Not saying, I'm just thinking of other ways 
instead of just giving people something and it goes out into the air, then people go on a big ad campaign or whatever the case may be, the only way to change things is to empower people. You got to empower people. Empower people to do their own thing. You know, I see these television stations and the radio stations and these big companies are saying, oh, we want to do better. And I don't know how every day I wake up, I get a new app. Uber came out and said, hey, we stand with Black Lives Matter. DoorDash come out, hey, we stand with Black Lives Matter. But you got to take a look at their board meeting. When they have their board meeting, how many blacks are in there? Right? What are you doing to affect monetary policies? Because monetary policies is what's going to create change. It sounds good. It looks good on social media. The commercial sounds good. And it, I'm glad you said something about it. But the only way we're going to change anything is via monetary policies. Monetary. It has to be something. Now, when the next ride breaks down, guess what? I'm going to be outside like, hey, please don't burn down my Taco Bell. If that's your community and you're servicing your community, the less likelihood of someone wanting to protest and tear down their own community. Second, secondly, if the community is empowered, now they can fund their own operations. If they have a foundation, they can fund the foundation. Most foundations don't have funding due to corporations are not being able to govern if the government don't give them money or corporations don't give them money the foundation can't move because a lot of communities especially minority communities they don't have the financial backing they have to go elsewhere and you can't say you're lazy because guess what if you are sitting there if i said if i got off this show today and i decided to create a soft drink with my soft drink ladies and gentlemen what can i not do with my soft drink what can I not do with my soft drink? I cannot compete with Coca-Cola. I'm not saying you can't, but Coca-Cola is just so big. You are hundreds of years behind. I love to use this analogy. I like to use a game of Monopoly. Imagine somebody sit down, playing the game of Monopoly for four years. Not for four years, to say for four hours. You walk in, they say, hey, you want to play Monopoly? Join us. And they, they tell you everything about the board, everything like that. Every time you roll the dice, you're paying rent. You're paying rent until that person becomes America is built for four people. Here you go. Here you go to four people. Landowner. Homeowner. Business owner. Stock owner. Prince, how you come up with that? It might be more. You look at the monetary policies that affect those things. Stock market crash, stimulus package. Real estate market crash, stimulus package. Businesses crash, stimulus package. You know, you could throw land in there the same way. Real estate and land, I mean, land and uh, homes, kind of put that in real estate. 2008, when the real estate market crashed, what did we do? This year, when the pandemic struck and businesses went under, what did the government do? When the stock market had the fastest drop in, the, in, uh, in history, what did the government do? They stimulated all of those things. So one, the way to create generational wealth, create policies to create more homeowners, more landowners, more business owners, more homeowners, landowners, more business owners. And also, what was the fourth one? Landowner, business owner, homeowner, and uh, oh, I slipped my head. Stock, stocks and bonds owners. So create more people to invest in the stocks. Create more homeowners, create more landowners, 
create more business owners, right? And you got to understand the person that starts a business today, they're going to have a hard time competing with other companies because some companies have been around. They've been playing Monopoly game for the last four hours. You just walked on. Things I'm learning today, people knew generations ago, right? That's my thing I like to think of. Thank you, Brandon. Thank, thank you for looking out for me. But yes, become stockholders, become landowners, become uh, homeowners, and become business owners. That's what America, uh, when you look at capitalism, we live in a capitalistic society. People go out here and say, how can we create change? Well, we live in a capitalistic society. How about we start with some capital? <laughs> well, I wonder how can we affect change? We live in a capitalistic society. Have nobody thinking about capital? It comes out, Michael Jordan is donating 100 million. Bank of America is donating a billion. This other company is donating a million. Where's that money going? To who? To who? What? Training? At this pace, we'll be on the we'll be doing the same thing two, three years from now. Until you create monetary policy to create the four pillars, you're gonna be in the same little rat race over and over and over. Call me whatever you want to call me, but I'll take the monetary policies any day. If you're in a position to create something, if somebody out there listening to me, if any mayors or um, I don't know, city councils, government officials corporations, whatever the case may be, uh, publications, they tune into create monetary policy to create more landowners, homeowners, business owners. When I retired from the military, I love to own a franchise. Help me do that. I greatly appreciate it. Monetary policy, that's what's going to create the change. And let's go with what we just said. We talked about monetary policies. We talked about no corporate handouts. Corporations love to hand money and let's give away some shoes to the community. No, how about you teach the community to build their own shoes? How about you take that $50 million to create some factories to teach that community to build their own shoes? No corporate handouts. Monetary policies. Use monetary policies. No corporate handouts. By doing that, you're going to create a sense of pride and responsibility. When you have a sense of pride and responsibility because now you own something, you feel like you're part of something, think about it. When I rent houses, I don't care about the neighborhood. I mean, I care about the neighborhood, but I'm not going to be out there trying to improve the neighborhood. I'm just living here for, uh, you know, for maybe a year, maybe two years, and I'm out. I don't care if Susie May builds a gate and all the other stuff. Like that. I don't have an invested interest. I'm just a renter, right? But when you become an owner, now you want to know, um, let's turn that swamp into a, a pond. Let's uh, pave this way here. You because you have a sense of responsibility and pride, you are invested into your local community. You have a sense of responsibility, right? When you do this, this is going to affect generational wealth. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Prince Dykes. This is The Investor Show. And until the next video, podcast, cartoon, or whatever else crazy you see me do around the globe, peace, be safe, I'm out. Thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. 
Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.